So, Walid, if I could ask you what the core tenets of uh, the IT transformation, um, including the modern data center, what would you say? Let me take a step back, uh, safe, and uh, just uh, try to uh, explain in, in practical terms, uh, you know, why why we need IT transformation in the first place. Uh, it's simply because the current IT, uh, the way it's built, uh, will will become an inhibitor uh, to anyone trying to modernize their business, not their IT. Right? Anyone who wants uh, digital services uh, or to offer digital services or any type of intelligence to their business uh, would require different type of applications. The applications, uh, the traditional applications that we used to have so far, we call them the system of records. They are just holding our rec records uh, of business. Uh, the modern applications will be more intelligent. They will be more agile. They will actually... Uh, uh, have a release on daily basis sometimes, and, uh, and, and, and they will need a lot of agility from that uh, IT factory uh, to, to provide. Um, they, the current uh, traditional IT simply cannot do that. So we need to modernize IT, and, and, and the, the tenants of this modern IT are basically around agility, around uh, cost effectiveness, right? Uh, to run those new applications in the most agile, the most uh, responsive, and the most cost-effective uh, also way. Keep in mind that uh, we mentioned earlier that uh, one of the main assets that business will build on are data. And data will keep growing with uh, you know, enormous sizes. Hosting the data and maintaining the data can also no longer be done in the same traditional way uh, which are very, very expensive, okay, when you actually look at a large scale. And when we talk about large scale here, we're talking about petabytes, we're talking about even zettabytes, oh. uh, which is, uh, I don't even know how, how, what, what this translates to in terms of number of zeros, yeah. right? But anyway, um, really, um, you can, sim the economics of, of today's IT, the agility of today's IT, is simply not suitable for this, you know, for the future, okay? Now, what does this mean, IT transformation? There are three pillars of IT, uh, you know, transformation. There is the infrastructure piece, okay? And there is the application piece, and more importantly, and, and believe me, Saif, this is something I've, I've you know, I've seen on the, uh, in the field, is the operating model piece. Right, so uh, the, the, let's let's take it step by step. The, let's talk about the infrastructure. Right, the infrastructure that we have today is basically built as a set of elements. So everyone is building their infrastructure, and they actually are acting like system integrators to build that type of infrastructure to work together. So the compute, the network, uh, the storage, the security. Uh, the, 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 the backup, the data protection, the disaster recovery, these are all pieces that the, today's uh, customers are putting together and spending a lot of money and effort to actually uh, you know, bring these all together. Okay. Tomorrow's infrastructure, or actually started already, it's, it's more about converged. 
And converged and, and, and hyper-converged are uh, very, very close terms uh, to each other. The whole idea is to uh, provide IT as a pre-integrated uh, you know, unit. So one unit rather than multiple units uh, that are put together, all right? In a standard way, in an in a in a in a in a in a and and allow uh, the vendors to actually maintain them or the customers to maintain them as one unit, all right? So basically, the compute and the storage and the network are converging together into one unit. Oh, and the hyperconverged is, is very similar, except that instead of having an external storage, everything is actually uh, from within. All right, so you have an internal uh, storage that is being logically uh, presented as as a as a as a big Mac mass storage across different units. Okay. Uh, automation is another uh, you know very uh, I would say critical uh, element in that modern IT uh, as yep. well or modern infrastructure. So we said we have three pillars in the modern IT. One of them is the infrastructure. In the infrastructure piece, we have the converged. We have the uh, automation. And automation is not just uh, only about the infrastructure, but it also can, talk, uh, can also look at the application itself and some of the processes. But automation, uh, the more you automate, the more agile you are, the faster you can actually uh, provide the service, yeah. all right? And uh, the not just faster you provide the service, you, the faster you can predict, you know, the uh, the the way your infrastructure is being consumed and be and behaving as well. So that there will be a lot of intelligence, uh, you know, within the automation to allow you to actually provide the service level that is required for those new type of applications. Okay, so that is another uh, piece of. Uh, you know the modernization, or another tenant of the uh, the modernization. Um, uh, let's go and, and talk a little bit about the applications. Today's applications are monolithic. What I mean by monolithic, it's a big piece of code mm -hmm. that runs as one unit, and it's not really modular, all right? And and it's a very large code that you have to maintain. And if you make a single change in one line. You have to really review the whole code and test the whole code and, uh, you know, uh, look at, uh, debug the whole code in order to make sure that this one big unit uh, of monolithic applications is performing according to the expectation. Tomorrow's applications, uh, uh, they are much lighter in nature. They are much more modular in nature. They, they can be built on... Uh, the concept of microservices, and I'm not going to go in details, but you know, people can go and find what microservices means. But it's basically instead of, of of creating a big, large code, we're creating much smaller units of code, and these units of code can come together uh, in you know in different ways to serve a business function. Right? They are much lighter, they are much faster in development, and they are built on the concept of agile. Uh, development. Agile development is basically about not releasing the full function of a certain application from day one. It's basically, you know, grow as you go. All right. So you build uh, the most important, let's say, functional requirements, and then as you move forward, first you learn from the feedback and the the, the consumption of your users. Second, you can actually, uh, uh, you know. Uh, 
launch those in different releases and as you move forward your application maturity becomes better all right uh, of course there are you know there is a science behind that i'm not going to go into that but i'm trying to really simplify this to uh, to the audience all right especially the non it uh, uh, audiences uh, the, 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 these type of, of new applications uh, uh, utilize and consume the infrastructure even completely different. First, they, 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 they have their own resilience. Okay. They, they know how to live uh, within the cloud, for example. They can move themselves from one environment to the other, all right? And that is a decision that the application can make. So the, the resilience that the application has is software-defined, not hardware-defined. Exactly. Everything is moving to software-defined, by the way. And, and, and this is another, uh, I think uh, you, you brought up a, a very, very uh, important uh, point here, is, the, is also the concept of software-defined, uh, all right? Uh, so these applications are, uh, are, are different uh, in nature, all right? Uh, the third pillar of that transformation is the operating model. Okay. And you will be probably surprised that, uh, from my practical experience, this is where most of our people struggle. Okay, in 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 the market, uh, in 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 the Middle East, and uh, you know, uh, even in in other parts of of Europe and in the world. Honestly, it's not just uh, the Middle East. Uh, by the way, we have a lot of very advanced uh, businesses in this region. They they really. Uh, very very innovative so it, it's not really something re, uh, you know related but I'm talking about this region because most of my time is actually spent around this uh, this region um, the modern uh, operating model is basically about IT how can IT structure itself to serve that business in a different way in, yeah. in, in, a very, in, a, in, a, in a very simple terms, IT is becoming, every single IT within an organization, it will become a service provider. Okay. Culturally, they need to become service-oriented. Yes. Okay? And being an engineer, uh, we're very proud of our technology. We're very proud of the fact that we're giving a service to the business. I think uh, the service mentality uh, uh, has to ch change. Okay. People need to be proactive. People need to be more business uh, focused. And they simply need to meet the customer expectations. And there is a lot of stuff that, that needs to be done uh, to really get to that stage. Right? So, uh, you know, and, and, and let me give you a practical example uh, about this. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on, on this because it's really important. We've implemented a private cloud in a large organization that allows them to provision the service literally in five minutes versus six weeks. And that, that's a practical example. It's a huge difference. Okay, huge difference. Guess what? After we launched that, uh, you know, project, they were still provisioning the service in two weeks. Okay. So the behavior hasn't changed as much. The reason is they 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 had to get the same amount of approvals on papers, and uh, the, 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 the 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 were the way they were structured, basically did not promote 
this kind of uh, uh, evolution. All right, so there are people who are still uh, looking at the component level and responsible at the element level, and they haven't really changed their structure to look at it, to, to look at IT as a factory that actually can produce a unit called IT service. All right? Yes. So it didn't help. In reality, they, they did not really uh, get the benefit of the investment that they spent on the technology. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, why uh, you know, uh, this operating model is, 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 a, is, is important. Right? I'm going to go back, uh, you know, and I hope you know, people can, can link this to the previous points, uh, this, the concept of software defined. Trying to be agile, uh, by uh, by actually playing with physical uh, elements is is a mission impossible. So what software brings is is agility. So you can change your configuration with a click or with a with a push of a button. Yes. And this push of a button really knows what it does in the background. And I have a little uh, story, which might take another three minutes, but let me tell you the story just to um, really uh, link this to the, to, the, to, the, in the, you know, to the practical world in the mind of, of the audience. I like music like you, 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 you do. Okay. I bought a home theater a couple of years ago, by the way, not, not, not today's home theater. And it basically had... Uh, a number of components and I ended up with four or five different remote controls <laughs> and I think people can can you know imagine what I'm talking about think about it what happened is my customer my little girl when she wanted to watch her preferred cartoon movie she had to switch or to push like buttons on, on two or three different remote controls. Yes. That's a very complex, very complex operation to a simple user like, like my old, uh, you know, my, my girl, actually. Yeah. Imagine if I had one single remote control that's a, that has three different buttons, music, TV, and maybe uh, video or, or movie. All what I needed, and this is, you know, basically as a normal user, this is what I need. Yeah. I need three buttons, and I can switch between the different uh, sources, all right, uh, with just a single click. What happens in the background? You don't care. I don't care. Yeah. That's the software defined. That's the automation piece, all right? If you can do that today uh, with, to, and by the way, you can do that with today's IT or the modern IT. You will never be able to do that with the traditional IT. Yeah. All right? So it's exactly like this. If I can do that with the IT you know, today, I will be enabling that kind of digital transformation. Uh, there are other technologies that we will talk about maybe later, but uh, uh, within the infrastructure piece, within the, uh, the application piece, there are so many new technologies that really, at the end of the day, serve the purpose of the digital transformation. Okay. Um, can you tell me a bit about the components and the technologies that actually make up the, digi uh, the, the modern data center? Okay. Again, in a, in a very abstract way, 
Digital transformation and IT transformation, uh, safe is is uh, is about uh, three things really. It's about number one agility, as we said. But when we go in in more uh, let's say technical terms, it's about scale out and scale up. In the digital world, you don't know how many users will actually consume your service at a certain point in time. It's it's kind of of difficult, more di much more difficult than the type of uh, systems of records applications that we maintain today, all right? Let's say I launched a, a new uh, mobile service like an Uber. But actually, it's not a mobile service. There are lots of back-end services or systems behind that. So don't let's not really undermine the complexity of, of this digital uh, services. But yeah. what the, the, user, the end user sees is the mobile application. And then uh, this has been very very successful the response from the market has been very uh, successful and people more people started to use it i need to scale out or scale up i i, I mean i have to scale either up or out it, it's up to you you know as, a, as an it to decide what is the best thing uh there are cons and pros and i'm not going to go into the details of that but uh, uh, so i need that agility to provision more services, to provision more users, to provision additional applications uh, in a scale up and, and scale out. Traditional technologies today, some of you need to scale out or scale up on the compute, on the network, and on the storage. All right. Traditionally, the bottleneck is usually on the storage. Really? Because you are processing huge amounts of information. Uh, that gives you that kind of intelligence, and you are storing, uh, and you are reading, and you are writing. That's that's a lot of of transactions to be really uh, to ha to happen at the same time on on a, on a storage. Um, take for example flash technology. Yes. All right. People think that flash technology uh, on the storage side is basically about uh, speed. This is true, by the way, but it's not completely true. I mean, the name implies right speed. flash. Yeah. It's it's like this. Yeah. But let me tell you the real value from a business perspective. The real value of flash is the ability to run your application, who are unpredictable in nature, with a constant or predictable performance. How can you do that without Flash today? You cannot. So that's the business value. I have applications that are unknown uh, in terms of their behavior, or they, they have a lot of uncertainty about how they will behave. And I simply cannot control that. I mean, I've experienced this myself because look at all the applications that are available to me as a mobile phone user today. They're not limited to one country. They're not limited to one audience. Uh, the user doesn't necessarily wake up at 9 a.m. and and stop using the application at 5 no. p.m. And that user is no longer living in one country. You you have users from all the time zones around the world. Your application can get spikes multiple times during the day. It's not just a predictable spike which is the middle of the day in one region. Or it's one not region. just so, sometimes spike. It could be actually a constant workload for a long period that uh, you did not expect. So, you know, spikes, 
Yes, they, are, they represent a problem for the IT, but even the, beyond the spikes, you can have a, a, a sudden increase in the workload for a period of time. For example, uh, let's say you're running a campaign. That campaign can go for days and weeks. And guess what? And, and you're, you're, a, you're a marketeer. If, if as a user, I don't get the right experience from the first time, I'm not going to come back to that service. Okay, that's proven. That's proven by the the the, the mark, marketing people. So, if I don't have technologies that allow me to scale out and scale up in an unpredictable world, but in a predictable way, and that's you know that's the the difficult actually equation. Yeah, I will not be able to serve and uh, enable my business to digitally transform. And that's how you see a lot of organizations and businesses either thrive or disappear because of their lack of their strengths in IT or their lack of or their weakness in IT. Because if they don't, if they can't set up the right infrastructure to be able to predict some of the, it's not just about meeting current demand, but also predicting upcoming demand from your users, from your customers, all around the world, all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, would you? Go back to Uber, for example, if you have a you know, bad experience. In, they tell you uh, the taxi is coming in, in five minutes and it turns up uh, after 15 minutes, for example. I already left. Yeah, I would have been gone by then. Exactly. And it only takes one mistake you know, to lose your, your customer. So uh, customer are, today's customers are quite in, uh, intelligent. They, they have high demand and high expectations and they expect technology to serve that. And uh, uh, things like flash, uh, scale out architectures, uh, you know, the ability to actually uh, put additional uh, uh, stacks next to each other's and then scale out and, 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 and treat this as, as, a, as, as a one unit again. And uh, there are so many technologies behind this auto discovery, uh, ability of distributing the workloads, uh, uh, you know, across the whole cluster, for example, uh, of, 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 of stacks. There are so many intelligent technologies behind these things that, uh, that probably a lot of people uh, don't see. But without the intellectual property and without the engineering effort that has been put into this, uh, this would have not been possible. Okay. Okay. It's, it looks simple. It looks uh, you know, easy. But in reality, there are so many details behind the scenes. If you go back a few years, maybe five, within the last five years, you saw a lot of uh, businesses a little bit hesitant into moving towards a cloud-based model for their IT, hosting some of their mission-critical applications on the cloud. What are you seeing today? Is it the same? Have they realized that, no, this has to happen? That's a very interesting uh, uh actually question and uh, somehow controversial <laughs> <laughs> listen they um, uh, I would say there are different mindsets okay uh, there is no one uh, first there's no one size that fits all and uh, different customers also have different requirements okay um, if I remember a couple of I think last year, and this has been actually uh, the case for the last three years, every time they ask people what, was, what is the biggest concern about moving to the cloud, uh, they would say the security. Yeah. Okay. Um, have the market or the industry answered this fully? Uh, uh, the answer is no, not fully. 
but it definitely has matured uh, a lot. All right, so today you can actually, uh, there are certain service providers that you can trust. And they, you know that they can run uh, your applications uh, with the maximum privacy. And there is no 100% secure, even on your premises. All right, But uh, this today exists. All right? uh, I, I think what we're, we're, we're missing to, to gain that kind of trust is also the, uh, the agility that the service providers can provide to their end customers to host their applications uh, on the cloud. Having said so, uh, I would say that the, the, the small and medium business are more, uh, let's say, receptive of the idea of putting things on the cloud. And I'm talking about uh, today. It's not the case maybe in the U.S. The federal government are hosting some of their applications on the cloud, by the way. Wow. It's not yet the case here, and it's probably going to take some time. All right? You bring up a very interesting point because we've seen small to medium businesses almost level the playing field with larger enterprises by moving to the cloud model because on their own they cannot build similar or even remotely similar IT infrastructure but nowadays you have businesses that can start today have their IT set up by tomorrow in a cloud-based model and start serving their customers by next week and maybe deliver you know similar level of service uh, even better sometimes, but yeah. let me let me finish my, my previous point just because I want to to, to make a point uh, about the previous question, which is um, you know do you see that people are adopting the cloud uh, and and how is it uh, going? One thing we need to to understand that cloud does not necessarily mean off premises hosted on a service provider. There are means today uh, that allows you to have you the agility of the or most of the agility that a, you know and the cost effectiveness mainly uh, uh, on of the service providers on premises all right so the ability to uh, to build your own private cloud is something that is widely adopted and we see this is really growing even faster within the large enterprises all right uh, than the, uh, uh, the 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 adoption of the of the public cloud, right? I think what will happen, and this is this is gradually converging, we will end up in a state where you have some applications and some workloads running on a private cloud on premises, or in a community cloud. For example, in 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 the case of a government, they can run this on a community cloud, right? And uh, another part that will be on the uh, public cloud, and that's the concept of hybrid, right? So, and you can move in and out, and you know, uh, move workloads across in a in a in a very uh, let's say seamless way to the end user. Uh, the, the 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 question is, what is the ratio? Is it seventy percent private, thirty percent public? I mean, when Gartner started their, their outlook on the market, they were saying that public cloud is going to take uh, more than 70. I read that report, okay, and uh, I don't want to stick uh, or associate this with the name of Gartner, but I did read that analysis analyst uh, report, and that was saying that public cloud will actually take more share. Uh, what we see in the market, even in the West, that uh, private cloud is still the biggest ratio uh, versus the public cloud, all right? 
Public cloud is, is as I said, is, is more attractive for the startups, for the small and medium business, uh, for those who uh, have specific needs that are, are met by those public cloud uh, you know, providers today. So it's going to be a mix. Uh, what is the ratio uh, exactly? Uh, this is another question that will yet to be answered uh, uh, in, uh, as in the future. Okay. Thank you. We'll be back with Ali.